You're listening to the Pain of Goddess podcast with Jennifer Hishu, episode number 40. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be alive, to be back after the break. It was this long submarine sandwich of holiday situations. I went on tour with my family. We celebrated solstice. We celebrated Christmas. We celebrated New Year's. And now I'm celebrating everybody going back to work in school because it is impossible to work um, when your family is all home, which is why I also took vacation. But vacation for me is still a lot of mental activity, a lot of um, organization. I did stay out of my planner most days. I did stay out of my Instagram stories and out of social media for a large portion of most days, Um, you know, because that's what my work looks like. And I didn't work at the yoga studio. Um, I did do some yoga, which was lovely, Uh, and definitely spent a lot of time with the kiddos, went on a couple of dates with my husband, spent time with family out of state as well as in state and just tried to really uh, soak up all the juicy bits of this winter time. And this morning I bought a new headset because I'd lost mine and the sound is terrible and it is exacerbatedly terrible because It is next to now the most beautiful pieces of music I think I have ever heard, created by my friend Jana, so lovingly spent part of her holiday break um, with the task self-imposed. She was gracious and excited to um, work on these pieces of music for my podcast. You guys just... I mean, can we just take a moment and send her a bunch of love? It is so gorgeous. The music is just gorgeous. She named it um, Belly of Whim. I sent her some lyrics. It was like four or five, four, five lines of words. And she created some music from it. She also... There is pieces of the music that come from 20 years ago when we first met. It was the dawn of the millennium. And we lived together in this 1890 built old house in southwest Portland, southeast, off of Morrison. Her brother owned this house. He was a lawyer, a fancy lawyer, and this house had a back staircase. It had three levels. It had this little room that I would paint in that had windows off of the dining room. It had um, an oil furnace, which we couldn't afford to fill, and so we were burning phone books that had been stored in the basement. These were These were... These were real times, you guys. We were poor as fuck. We had, there was a jar of coins in the hallway that I would steal from in order to buy cigarettes. And I would walk to the plaid pantry down the street. And um, I wrote a song during that time, actually. There's so much music around in my life at that time especially living with Jana. She is a incredible musician and um, the piano was in the dining room as well. And she would write music and we would get all crazy. And I just remember having soot from the fire all over our clothes. We went on this adventure at the new year 
1999, when everything was supposed to explode and nothing was going to be okay again. And uh, I had my head shaved, hairy armpits, but it was winter, so it didn't matter. No one saw them anyways. I don't know why that's a thing, but I, I just remember having such pride around shaved head, hairy armpits. She uh, had dreadlocks in her hair and we took her car, which had candles burned all over the dashboard and into the heater vent. And we drove, um, because we couldn't find acid (laughs) at the time, uh, because we wanted to take a journey for the new millennium, but we couldn't we couldn't find that. So we, we took a drive instead, and we got to Seattle. And uh, I don't even – I mean, like, we don't get – I mean, I don't even know how we arrived in places. Let's just be really clear about our state of mind. I don't remember portions of this trip. We're completely sober, okay? Um Although we did end up buying a box of wine at some point. And we weren't driving and drinking. Don't worry about us. We were very responsible in so many ways and completely irresponsible in so many others. But we get to Seattle and we get to the Space Needle and neither of us, we realize neither of us, I think, this is my remembering, right, um, have been to the top. So we park the car. I don't remember parking the car. I don't know how we paid for parking. We had zero cash. I mean, honestly, I don't even, this was, this was a weird time and we get there and we get into this line, which we think is the line to pay in order to get up to the space needle. And we, mind you, we look like crazy people. We look like crazy people and it's like new year's day. And we get onto this elevator and we think, oh, because we're like ushered onto the elevator of the Space Needle. And we're like, oh, you know, okay, so we must pay when we get to the top. And I will never forget that elevator ride, particularly because I was given a piece of information that I now dole out randomly if somebody's, you know, in a match with me about random facts. <laughs> But I learned the fact that one of the giant sea octopuses' eyeballs are as big as our heads. That's how big those motherfuckers are. So majestic and amazing. And uh, I learned that going up the elevator at the Space Needle in 2000, day one, uh, with Jana by my side and we got to the top and we were just like walking around like weirdos. And we were like, realized we realized at some point, cause we're not, we are not lying, cheating, stealing people. Like we're just, you know, we're just somehow the serendipity of it all. We just got ushered onto this elevator. And when we get to the top, we like, don't there's, you know, people paid already. Like you pay for your tickets at the bottom. So we just got like a free ride. We just like hitched a ride, probably because we got in some wrong line and no one wanted to tell us because we were like crazy looking. So that happened. And then we ended up out at the beach. Okay, now this is epic. Okay, 1999, we thought everything was going to end. So we end up at the beach at Manzanita, I think. And we were knocking on doors, mind you, like we knocked on somebody's door at night and was like, I don't remember what we asked them. And because there was no GP, we like had no cell phones, you guys, we were just driving around. This is why I don't know how we got anywhere because we didn't have, there was no navigation. We didn't even have maps because we were Jana and Jenny. We were just fucking driving somewhere. So... But we get out to, we're like, where's the beach? And the people that answered the door were like, oh, just crazy girls. And we heard the door lock, like as we're walking away from their porch, like we heard them lock their deadbolt. But anyway, so, or I did, maybe that's me making that up. Uh, <laughs> so we get out to the beach finally, and we're like li- listening to, it's, you know, it's 
on repeat Chris Cornell's new album. She's going to change the world, but she can't change me. Between that and Jeff Buckley, oh, that was so real. His crooning. Uh, yes. And um, amazing. And we get out to the beach and we it's freezing. Okay? Because it is January 2000. In the year 2000. And it's January. So... Um, and we're not prepared. We don't have gloves or we don't have anything. We got a box of wine, Franzia, the Zinfandel. Yes, we did. And we went out to the beach and we created a fire. I mean, I think that we had paper in the car. We gathered some wood. It was luckily not raining, but I remember just being so cold. And we we're just smoking cigarettes and lighting this fire and all of us, I feel like we got there and it was light. And then as it was getting dark, so like it was light out, man, this is, you know, memories. But so we realized something, things are like all over the shore. There's like all like what looks like trash. We start going around bottles all over the shore. Nobody in sight, just us us in this huge log that we named Falcor because it totally looked like Falcor. Okay. Ask Jano. It's like a running joke forever. We get these bottles that have, they have, they have letters in them from people who had, you know, dropped them for the new year and they'd already washed up on the shore. And we start opening these letters, piles of letters. I mean, there was probably 50 bottles that we found reading their letters. And I remember one in particular, a story about a boy who, um, so it was written by the bu a bus driver who noticed that every day this boy got on the bus and he was bullied and the heart kind of felt hopelessness that this bus driver had for this boy who was, you know, kind of tortured by his peers. Anyways, oh my. So anyways, that's Jana. That's our epic adventure that kind of began our now 20 year friendship. And we met because of a boy who remains nameless and is also one of the reasons I fled where I was living and ran to Portland. Um, I had quit school and yeah, this was a very interesting time in my life. Portland was interesting. I got a job and worked in an Alzheimer's home as a housekeeper for a few months. It was a very interesting time. Anyways, yes, there's me, 20-year-old Jenny, fresh back from Scotland and out of school at PLU, feeling disoriented and disgruntled with life. It was a very interesting time. And I want to thank Jana for taking time 20 years later to make this beautiful music alive again in my life, particularly this piece right here, which I will never ever forget. I tell people about this piece of music that it would, cause she would play it. And I remember it feeling like she's such a, okay. So this is going to make her blush the fuck up. But so <laughs> in my opinion, Jana knows notes and like music theory so well that she can break it in just the right way. And it becomes a different kind of music theory. Her mind is incredible. And um, so that I don't cry, I'm going to stop recording and share this little piece of music with you. And I'll be back on the other side. All right. So listen, it is, it has been. 
um, quite some time. It feels like forever. I don't know about you, but you know, over the break, uh, there's still been some listens and I, um, my listenership is, is up a bit. There's, um, some podcasts that are nearing like 150 listens, which is crazy to me. So cool. And I just want to thank all of you for being here, for showing up and listening and sharing my work with others. I'm just, you know, going to keep going and um, being, I guess, who I am. (laughs) I don't know what other option I fucking have, but um, I'm still staring at my uh, elemental tree in my front front, uh, room here. And I brought with me today my new Dolly Tarot because I want to pull a card for the eclipse on Friday. And I did a little bit of a post um, on Instagram to see what people thought. It's a mixed bag as always, you know, 50%, 50% is basically, you know, and it's like, you know, there was quite a few people that voted actually. So it wasn't like, oh, one person and then one person disagreed. But you know, having, having a, a card pull, having an astrological kind of update every time is something that I like to do. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I think, you know, I like consistency. And in fact, I made a little song about consistency yesterday. <laughs> All it does is go consistency, 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 consistency. Anyways, that's my little tribute to consistency. And here's the thing is, I think that most of the success that I've had in this last year, because I've been a year in business now, um, as of the solstice and, uh, full time I've been in, uh, you know, I've been doing this as a side gig, um, the painted goddess stuff, um, circles, re- uh, retreats and divination, um, for about three years prior to that. And so, this last year doing it full time was different. You know, I got to make my own schedule and plan without, you know, kind of cutting into some of the family stuff that ended up happening when I, you know, basically had a full time job and then a sidekick that I loved and wanted to do. So, there were a lot less conflicts last year in that regard. However, it's still difficult, you know, to show up consistently. And, um, you know, if I'm being critical, which I can be, because that's what I do when I reflect oftentimes, I think our minds are pretty well, you know, suited to do so. So, but, you know, the consistency of the lives on Facebook has dwindled. I did those for pretty uh, much every Wednesday night for a really long time. And then summer came and kind of derailed that a little bit. And I never got back to consistently showing up in the Facebook group. And, you know, I think that's okay to some degree. I've been doing other projects and working on other things. And I also have been prioritizing family time and personal time and downtime and self-care. So I know that that's what's important um, to prioritize and that's okay. Cause I have been doing other work and, and filling my schedule with work. So, uh, whereas at the beginning of the year, you know, there weren't as many things going on. I was trying to fill my schedule a little more and hadn't had some of the pieces, you know, kind of solid in there. And so it's interesting, you know, I do still want to do lives and I think they're a powerful tool to show people what I'm like when I do a reading and I love pulling cards for people on live videos as well. So that's definitely something that for me, like, I just really like to do it. Okay. Hopefully that didn't make too much swishing noises. So I am going 
to pull a card and um, let's see here. How am I going to, it's like, I need, I need a, a, like a lapel mic, I think. And, or, or like, I need to get a proper podcast mic and that's going to be, it's going to be my next purchase. I got this little mic and it's just, ugh, it's terrible. Okay. So I got this beautiful, beautiful, like gorgeous Dolly Tarot deck for Christmas from my husband. I knew he was really excited to get it from me. And I kind of knew there was kind of a spoiler alert um, on Facebook. He had commented on something. It was like, oh, I knew he had gotten it for me. But I resisted the urge to open it early, even though he really wanted to give it to me early. And I waited. And then I did a reading with it for um, the eclipse and, um, or for the new year. Oh no, for the new moon in Capricorn. And this deck and this book are phenomenal. I did make a post on Instagram. If you want to see it, I'm going to shuffle these and I'm going to pull a card for us today. I'm going to pull a card for us for the eclipse. So this is for everyone who listens to this podcast. This is some wisdom coming in to just kind of ask that we be held. These times are getting a little dicey. Um, if you're living in the U S then, you know, and maybe even on a global, um, playground of politics, we're facing some pretty tough shit with the person who has been put in charge of our country based on a gerrymandered voting system. Anyways, I'm sure y'all know I'm pretty liberal, so I doubt that's a surprise, but I'm just in awe of the war that we're waging right now and the way that all of this is starting to go down and the astrology of this year is not to be kind of fucked with. Like there needs to be a lot of consciousness. And so I'm calling and I know other witches are kind of calling in the power of our intentions. We've been sigiling for water to come from the sky for Australia's fires. We are, um, and I am personally, um, just thinking all of the time of my connection to nature and my part in nature, my role in nature and how to create more closeness to that nature, how to reduce my footprint, how to reuse and reduce and recycle my life so that I'm not always reaching out to get new and better and still do the work that I'm doing in this world what does that balance look like? It's all connected, every bit of it. And um, so I encourage you to, to think on what it is, you know, that you can do to make your life more sustainable. All of the planets, this stellium that's happening in Capricorn, you know, we've got Saturn there. Pluto's been there for a while now. Jupiter just entered in December into Capricorn. Of course, the moon goes though there every month. The sun is in Capricorn right now and um, will be moving out of Capricorn on the 22nd of uh, January. So for still a couple more weeks. And um, then Mars will be moving into Capricorn to join the stellium party. Now, Mars doesn't stay there as long as the other planets, um, you know, but it's definitely, uh, it's going to be there for a couple months and it's going to, you know, ask us, you know, to really all these, all these planets here in Capricorn are like asking us to connect to the earth to create new connections to the earth, to manifest new uh, fertile ground, um, to create new um, and 
sustainable ways of living. You know, Capricorn is the most mature. It's the elder of the Zodiac. And all of these planets in here, don't they don't come all the time. And they definitely don't come all the time together in it's like it's like this big orgy happening in Capricorn and they're all coming together. <laughs> they're like orgasming all over the universe together in Capricorn. And you know, Capricorn's usually not one to hold parties, but yeah. So let's pull a card from the Dolly deck. And I'm gonna read to you from this book because the the, the writing in this book, Tashen is the name on the front of the book. They are, I mean, these, you know, I'm, I'm a tarot teacher, right? And I use intuition to really um, read cards and using the elemental and symbology, of course, and all the, all the things. But this book has some deep shadow work in it. It's pretty amazing. I'm going to cut it one more time. And pull the top card for all of us. Oh my god. What the fuck? Ace of Pentacles, you guys. So what was I just talking about? Manifesting energy. This is the first of the minor arcana pentacles, which is the earth element. It is manifesting energy in my feeling. It's like the new beginning of something solid and sustainable, something that is going to take time in this deck. They call it coins. So again, you know, the pentacles, um, you know, they have other names. Coins is one of the most common because pentacles, coins, they have to do with the element of earth finances, wealth, abundance. All right, listen to this. I'm going to read to you from this book. The theme for the Ace of Coins is new values. The arm with the coin and pentagram. Sorry, it's it's pentagram in this, but yeah, anyways, pentacles. Okay. The arm with the coin and pentagram appear to rise out of a gigantic vulva. The trees in this picture symbolize Mother Nature, who constantly gives birth to human beings as new creations. Matter contains life and energy. The process of birth is not only visible, is not the only visible expression of this fact. The pentagram, the five-pointed star on the coin, also known as the pentacle, is an energy sign and a symbol for man. And its five points represent head, hands, and feet. The card emphasizes the double nature of human beings. You are like the two faces of a coin representing the influences on your character. On one side, experience and expectation. On the other, future events and results. How have I been shaped on one face? And on the other, what do I give shape to? Each person possesses special talents as well as handicaps. And by accepting all that we are made of, we will discover and develop our strengths. Each person has certain talents which are uniquely his or hers. Practical advice. How do you see your role in the world? What do you want to take? Do you want to take it easy? Or do you want to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders like the Titan Atlas? Your talents become clear in the face of huge challenges, but also in the sum total of small achievements. Recognize the power within yourself. The world is waiting for your special contribution. Conquer the world with creativity and passion. Pictorial sources. The hand was taken from the portrait of Johanna of Aragon, uh, 1518, Moussy de Louvre, Paris, and Raffaello uh, Santi, Raphael born March 28th or April 6th, 1483 in Urbino, died April 6th, 1520 in Rome, Italy. So funny. Um, born either March 28th or March or April 6th. Not sure. So this is, 
you know, I mean, I don't know. Now, this doesn't have reversals in this book. And I pulled it reverse. um, But that just, you know, it doesn't really change much, in my opinion. You know, this is this offering from the earth. It's like we are being born into every moment. We are being given opportunity in every moment. What the fuck are you doing with it? I ask myself this constantly. You know, and maybe that's my Gemini mind that really wants clarity and purpose to continue to be communicated to myself, right? I need that communication piece um, to feel alive, to feel real, right? I need the the commentary. <clears throat> Some people don't need the commentary. I've met those of you who do not need the commentary. And I'm curious, you know, you're probably not actually listening to this podcast, but Um, I think my husband is one of those people. It doesn't feel like he needs to comment on everything. You know, he doesn't need the commentary for it to feel real. I am somebody who wants and, and dreams and desires and like gets fulfilled emotionally almost and mentally and like feels very satisfying to have commentary. It's one of the reasons why I even host this podcast at all because I'd love to hear the words that can be created through a mental kind of inquiry within the self, outside of the self, taking in all of the uh, different pieces that are like coming at me at one, um, one point, you know, taking all the, all of the, the cues and synergizing something into a, a brand new something, or even perhaps an old something made uh, new or more relevant or um, related, connected to this moment, right? Through metaphor or what have you. And the Ace of Pentacles seems quite apt for these times that we're in because we're being asked definitely. And I, I just finished the horoscopes for um, Aquarius season. And, you know, Aquarius season, of course, you know, uh, Uranus is in Taurus right now. And Uranus rules Aquarius, okay, as a planet, that's the planetary ruler. Now, traditionally, Saturn was the ruler of um, Aquarius. So there's kind of this dual uh, rulership in in many circles of astrology that we talk about uh, with Aquarius. So there's still this kind of time lord situation, which is the Saturn energy. But Aquarius has such a free thinking, free spirit kind of, um, expansive energy that has to do with divine thought, creating win-wins like this higher mind, this higher ground, um, the divine connective, um, mentality, right? It's, it's channeled information. It's future thinking. It's focused on this kind of new world order that, you know, perfect blend and synergy of all the best things that humanity has to offer, right? That's the vision of Aquarian age and Aquarius season this year is kind of this precursor in my opinion to what, what we're up for next year because Capricorn and Saturn, or I'm sorry, um, Capricorn right now is hosting Saturn and uh, Jupiter And they're both going to move into Aquarius at the end of the year. Now, Saturn dips in for a moment into Aquarius uh, sometime during the middle of the year, just to kind of give us a taste. But, you know, Saturn stays there for a few years and Jupiter's there for one year. They're continuing to work together through this next sign a little bit, but they won't have another grand conjunction for 20 years. Now they're having a conjunction in Aquarius at the end of 2020. And that is a huge fucking deal, right? Every 20 years when uh, Saturn and Jupiter actually conjunct, they're in a different sign. 20 years ago, it was not Aquarius. I don't know where their grand conjunction was last time. It's it's just math. I should be able to count it. 20, um, so eight, if I'm correct. Let's see. I can look at the chart in my handy magic of eye planner, which I'm loving. Who of you got this magic of eye planner? You guys, they're from Australia. So their posts have been heartbreaking. And if you're looking for 
a good source of information around how to help with the Australian fires, the bushfires that are happening right now and have been happening since September. Magic of I, Magic of Intention, but Magic of I um, on Instagram at Magic of I is a really great resource. Um, they have posted quite a few links where you can, um, where you can donate to, to help the efforts and um, hopefully save habitat. We've been praying for rain as well. I have a sigil on my hand right now. I'm going to re, um, up it with, um, some blue Sharpie today. Um, for rain, praying for rain for Australia. Okay. So let's see if Jupiter is in, thanks train. If Jupiter's in, um, Capricorn right now, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So looks like maybe Taurus is where the last grand conjunction was, the great conjunction. Um, you know, and that tracks because um, if I'm correct, what I read about these grand conjunctions is they go in epochs of earth signs and that and whatnot. Right. So, um, yeah. And before that, then it may have been in Virgo. I'm going to do a whole, I got to do a whole thing now because that came up. So where have these grand conjunctions happened? Have they been in earth signs? So, you know, with Capricorn being the, you know, or I'm sorry, air, it was air. So I wonder, if it was Gemini, because the timing, so of course, Jupiter has a cycle, it's about a year, that's why I was able to kind of count backwards, okay, that's what I was just doing, was I was saying, oh, you know, Jupiter's cycle is about a year, so if I count back 20 years, I should be able to find it, but there's variance, right, it's not exactly a year, so um, I could probably, why am I doing this to myself, I can just ask Google, you know, where it was, even though I'm recording on this podcast, so um, conjunction. And this is called the great conjunction. If you're at all interested in learning astrology, one of the cool things is these relationships between planets and how they, I just looked up conjunction function, conjunction junction, never mind. Um, aging myself. One of the wonderful things you can do is start to look at different relationships between planets and how they dance in the sky together. Mars and Venus is a really lovely uh, one to look at. Mar uh, Mercury and Venus as well. Venus kind of dances with all the planets. So if you're looking to, you know, kind of understand that a little bit, that's really lovely because Venus has this lotus kind of pattern around us as well. Um, let's see, or around the sun rather. Um conjunction Saturn. So it only happens every 20 years and it's definitely been, um, you know, kind of culminating here, coming into here. So the most recent one happened May 31st in the year 2000. Okay. Oh my God. Talk about a full circle because that was when I fucking fled home from Portland. I was just talking about because I only stayed for a few months and it got a little nuts there. And I had quit my job because it was a little crazy there. And I decided to move home. I called my mom. I was like, you have to come get me because I was kind of spiraling out of control. I was very depressed I was using different drugs to kind of soothe my weary heart. I didn't have a job. I was really kind of just surviving. It was a really great artistic time. I have so many paintings from that time that are disturbing yet very important um, pieces of work from my, uh, in my, in my world. Let's see. A grand and da 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 da. 
let's see. It doesn't, that's so funny that it would not, it says they're conjunct, but it doesn't say what sign they're in, in this piece. It just says like the longitude and latitude, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah. Let's see. You guys are just like listening to me go through this shit that I didn't take ahead of time. So here's the deal with this eclipse that's happening on Friday, the Ace of Pentacles, this grand conjunction coming. Now we've got a conjunction happening right now, actually Jupiter and Pluto, I'm sorry, Saturn and Pluto are conjunct now. So Saturn and Pluto are, you know, having this meeting ahead of time. Pluto will then conjunct with Jupiter in, I think, May. And then um, there's a couple other times that, that Pluto and Jupiter are conjunct because of retrograde patterns and whatnot. But then uh, Saturn and Jupiter will conjunct in December right before heading into or right after heading into um, Aquarius. And so it's a really important year for beginning to ground and beginning to um, give yourself the kind of solid, solid foundation that you need for this next level, whatever that means for you. So whether you are in your, you know, phase of really coming into what it is you want to do in the world. And that's where I think this card is really interesting too, because I was just talking about Aquarius season, all of this energy kind of building up for it. It's like, it is, it's the question, like, who do you want to be in society? What kind of agent of, you know, what do you want to stand for? And what role are you going to play in our grand, you know, community? You know, if you were to have a grand conjunction, what would that be with? You know, what, what are you melding together with and saying like, you know, this is, this is what I, what I stand in. This is what I, this is where my light shines from. You know, this is the source of my, uh, you know, my being and to kind of call on nature and our ancestry and our magic and the you know, the intuition we all have access to, right? Whether we use it or not, we have access to an incredible amount of intuitive, uh, you know, um, uh, intuitive, um, we have so many different channels. We have intuitive channels and whether we're honing those resources or not, you know, the more we dull out, the more we abandon ourselves, the more we kind of leave behind that pursuit and just, you know, put our nose to the grindstone, do the work, keep the status quo upheld, you know, pay the bills. I, you know, now, of course, Capricorn wants us to do those things. I'm not saying that we should not be focused on um, on the basis, you know, in fact, Capricorn wants us to build that foundation. So it's, so it's almost, we don't have to worry about it anymore. It's done. It's created. It's self-sustaining. So what kind of ways, that's what the question is. It's like, what, what ways do we sustain ourselves so that we can get bigger so that we can offer more to each other so that we can you know, have more perspective in what really matters so that we can prioritize our lives in a way that we really do uh, show up for the people we love and are present with them so that we're not running around kind of feeling as though it's never enough constantly. How do we break that curse? How do we break the curse of not enoughness, right? Or being too much, or sharing too much over, you know, the, the oversharing or the, you know, the, the clenching for attention and the, the need for people to really see us. Like, how do we just get seen because we're showing up all the time exactly as we are? I went to a, uh, new year's, uh, yoga workshop with 
the uh, wonderful Pamela Higley. She's in Tacoma. And she held a workshop on New Year's Day at Grit City Wellness, which is a wonderful place, by the way. If you're looking for a place to um, go into, like, a, uh, they have hyperbaric uh, chambers, or I think is what it's called. They have like the, they have like, um, these pods to meditate in. That's like sensory deprivation. So you're just like floating in space, which I totally want to go back and do. Anyways, there's, there was a moment she mentioned and I'll never forget it. She was just like, and it felt, cause it felt like she spoke directly to me because I've been working on this a lot in my life. This is what the last 10 years of my life has been spent doing, I think. And she said, how, she said, how many times do you change your hat? How, how can you reduce that? It's like, am I changing my hat? You know, I'm putting on my daughter hat. So I'm this dutiful daughter for my parents. And then I'm putting on my entrepreneur hat so I can like do good work in the world for my customers. And then I'm going to put on my wife hat so that I can be a good wife. And I'm going to put on my mother hat so I can be a good mother. How can that all just become me? I'm my own person. I am this kind of dynamic and I'm all the things, you know, and my boundaries are, um, held by my values and my time is spent with and, and for what I value. And I'm just really like in love with the idea that I would never change my hat again, that I just am what I am. Right. And that I'm held in that space by those who love me unconditionally without me having to change my hat for them. And I also seek to be that person for others that they don't have to put on a face or change who they are or put on a happy face or be a certain kind of person for me to love them. And I just love this idea that that's, you know, that's accessible to us as humans. And I believe that the more conversations we're having about inclusivity and who belongs and true belonging and what it means to really belong to yourself so that you're not running around abandoning yourself in order to please others so that you feel like you belong, right? That you belong to yourself. And, and as you move about the world, um, you know, you're, you're, you're experiencing life only as yourself and not as this imposter or this, uh, mask, the caricature of yourself. Right. And that you're, there's this audacity to that kind of living, I think, because we've been asked to really dumb it down and we've been asked to really um, show up in a certain social gracie kind of way, right? We've been asked to, um, and I, I think, you know, it can maybe even go into the whole political um, correctness thing, but, you know, uh, I love the meme that was like, yeah, um, we call political correctness compassion. Have you heard of it? <laughs> like, you know, that there's, there's this new level. Like once we have the foundation of language where, you know, I truly belong to myself, I am, I am the culmination of all of my experiences. My direct experience has taught me so much that is undeniable. And I don't have to try to be anything other than resting in the experiences that I've had that have taught me what I know. And if I'm open enough, I can still have more experiences that teach me more. Like I don't have to shut the gates and say, yep, well, your existence, you know, 
throws, you know, you know, throws that shit in my face and, and calls my existence bad. So I'm not going to listen to you. It's like, no, my existence is open to new experiential therapy that will heal and or disrupt stories that I have programmed in my mind and body and soul. And that started way before I was born into this body and it will continue long after I leave it. And I just got full body chills. And so it's one of those callings that I think we're all starting to have that we know we're bigger than this sum of things. And yet we are only what we have had. And there's no shame in that. We can't carry shame for what we do not know. And when we know better, we do better. And when we don't do better, when we know better, we feel that. And when we dissociate because of that feeling, because we're trying to be something for others that they can count on, that they've always ex- accept, you know, expected us to be, then we switch our hat and switch our hat. And we fragment ourselves in this way that is so unhealthy and creates, I imagine, a lot of illness that harbors the ability for illness to live in our bodies. And those are just deep, deep cosmic thoughts that I have about where we're at, the Capricorn stellium, the year of 2020, this grand conjunction coming at the end of the year, these conjunctions coming along along the, the way this year in 2020, all of the Mercury retrogrades are again in water signs. So we're being asked to really reflect upon our emotional life and the different ways that it shows up for us. What we ignore, what we're not willing to feel. Right? It did it last year too. It's not done. So it's uh, it's going to be quite a year and my best advice for myself and maybe for you if it applies great if not let it let it go right my my advice to myself right now is to lean in to that which i don't understand and to hold space for myself as i learned to do better than I was yesterday, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And to, to kind of break the spell of, well, this is the way it's always been. Cause that is over (laughs) and it's over as much as we want to create a new reality have this ace of coins offered from the fertile loins of mother nature who is saying i've given all of this to you there's nothing but fertility and you destroy from overuse and obsessive behavior, (laughs) right? So how can we shift that within ourselves? Because that's all we actually get to control is ourselves. You know, how do I have a new response to feeling unworthy? How do I have a new response to feeling um, unloved or like I'm not enough? How do I have a new response to feelings that come up that are, you know, they're programs, they may be lies, there may be pieces of truth in them, but I don't have to take it as gospel. They're just 
feelings, right? They come from thoughts that I'm having. And the thoughts that I'm having are a product of my experiences culminating up until now. And some of them may not even have been in this lifetime. And with that, I just want to let you ponder all of that. These are the things I've been thinking since I've been on break. I have so much in store for season two. This is just kind of like this download. And I hope you've enjoyed it. Please, please reach out and let me know what you'd like to see in season two. I have a recorded interview already with the wonderful, beautiful Heidi Jansen, um, Lumen Moon. And we talk about ancestors and how to work with them as well as um, what it is we're here to do as humans. And there's more to come. I've been reaching out to other women and um, workers in the healing industry, the um, womb healing industry specifically, um, to have other interviews. So I'm very, very excited to share a new season with you to, to continue to do this podcast, to continue to do this work. And if you're not on my social media, please, um, connect with me at painted goddess on Instagram at painted goddesses on Facebook. If you're there, I have a ritual collective group that I attempt to go live in pretty regularly and pull free cards for those of you who show up as well as I have some offerings right now that I am giving. I have four spots before this podcast, I have four spots left for January bookings. Oh, someone has d delivered a package. Four spots left. So if you want one of those, it's about eclipse season. I have a five card spread representing spirit, action, gifts, heart, and anchor really kind of a well-rounded reading about what it is that this eclipse season is asking you to contemplate. And like I said, I have four readings left. It's 88 bucks for new, new clients and 77 for returning clients. Super excited to do these readings. February, I'm going to have a whole new reading to do uh, for you. So stay tuned for that. And I hope that you will have a lovely, lovely week and I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I would really appreciate you sharing it, subscribing, or reviewing it. If you would like to make a booking with me, I have a few spots for January, but we'll also be doing a special spread every month for the astrological transits that are occurring. You can get in touch with me at paintedgoddess.com. That's P-A-I-N-T-E-D-G-O-D-D-E-S-S dot com. And for fun spread pictures and other thoughts from me, go to my Instagram at Painted Goddess. And for all the events that are happening, you can check me out either on Instagram or at Painted Goddesses on Facebook and subscribe to the events there. If you're local to the Pacific Northwest, I have a ton coming up, including an in-bulk candle-making workshop at Poppy Lion Witch Parlor in Tacoma, as well as our New Moon Circle that happens every month around New Moon time at Core Star Pilates in Auburn. 
I'm also opening my winter registration now for the Tarot Collective. We start on the 20th of January, actually, just so close. I've got a few students in, but would love for you to join us. It's $300, and it's a lifetime of learning and connection with other readers just like you, learning tarot and the systems and symbols and archetypes that make up this powerful divination and evolutionary tool. I hope you will consider joining us. Take care.